perform an exorcism at 20,000 feet. As a traveling missionary, I have seen a lot of things that have connected me to God. The world is a beautiful place filled with all kinds of people working their hardest to serve His glory. But there have been times my faith has wavered. This incident happened around four years ago while I was traveling to Jerusalem for the chance to visit the holy city. Even before I boarded my flight to Israel, I had been dealing with issues that tested me. My mother had been battling cancer for some time, and I had taken a short break from my God-given assignment to visit her in my home country of Greece. That was probably a mistake, because I saw how the disease was wrecking her body. I had to come to terms with the fact that she wouldn't be on this earth much longer. She would tell me, You mustn't cry, my son. You can't weep for someone who is on their way to visit the Lord. I kept a straight face for her, but inwardly I was tormented. I questioned my faith because the prayers I offered for her well-being were going unanswered. It made little sense to me because I had seen how God healed others during my missionary work. Why then was my mother being excluded from his mercy? Wasn't she more righteous than the sinners that received his miracles? Just as I was gathering my things from the taxi to go inside the airport, my brother gave me a call to tell me my mom had passed. Even though I thought I was ready for the news, it felt like I had been crushed by a boulder. Suddenly the world stopped and I cursed God. I told my brother that I had to go and walked into the airport. I needed to leave and clear my head, and the tour of the Holy Land felt like a chance to reconnect to my spiritual heritage, perhaps even to rekindle my love for God again. Instead, it was a visit from the devil that changed my life on that flight. Perhaps it was because I was still in mourning, but as the flight attendant began to go over safety regulations, I paid no attention to the pale-faced man that brushed past me. I did notice his expression, though, Something in his eyes reminded me of my own inner turmoil. He was carrying a burden, but I had no idea how important that would be until hours later. He was carrying an overhead bag that almost bumped against me as he reached his seat. Something jabbed at my side from within the bag, and he mumbled an apology. It felt sharp and cold. The flight attendant finished up her instructions for us and returned to the front. I settled down and checked my phone one last time. I reviewed pictures of my sweet mother and tried my best to keep it together. When I switched the phone off for the flight, it felt as though I was saying goodbye. The woman next to me squeezed my hand. Father, are you all right? She whispered. I slipped my phone into my pocket and gave her a curt nod before forcing a smile. <laughs> Our plane shook gently as we pushed down the runway, and I got a better look at the pale-faced man. As a man of God, I knew it would be wrong to judge, but something felt off about him. He was nervous and fidgety, constantly looking toward his overhead bag. But I was too tired to give it any further thought, and instead slipped on the free headphones offered by the flight and turned on some soothing music. My flight would last for another eight hours, and I didn't want to bother wasting time wondering about the plight of someone else when I was already experiencing my own crisis. I was about to close my eyes when I felt someone push past me again. I looked back 
and saw it was the same man, this time rushing to the bathroom as though he needed to vomit. Poor guy, must not handle flights very well, the woman beside me commented. The entire plane shook and I grabbed my seat, feeling queasy as well. That might be me in a few minutes, I admitted. If you need anything, I'm a registered nurse, she offered me, her kind blue eyes peering into my own. For some reason, she reminded me of my mother again, but I knew it just had to be because of my recent loss. I'm sure I will be fine, I told her, as I heard the most horrific retching sound from the tiny restroom. She frowned as we both listened to the man spilling his guts out and then decided to get up and offer aid. Sir, are you all right? She asked, tapping on the door softly. Go away! He screamed back. I'm going to get one of the flight attendants. Can you keep an eye on him? She asked. I really didn't want to get involved, but before I could decline, she was already headed to the front of the plane. So I casually stood up and leaned against the opposite restroom, watching the door and waiting for the man to come out. He kept vomiting for at least another five minutes. Each sound he made was worse than the last. It honestly gave me the impression he was dying. Then there was a noise I don't think I will forget. It was this deep, guttural growl, the kind you might hear from a fearsome predator, followed by the sound of bones breaking. Sir, are you all right? I asked as I knocked on the door. Leave me, he shouted back. I looked down and saw little slivers of blood sliding out from under the door and decided to try to unlock the door. For all we knew, he could be attempting suicide. I looked up to see the attendant arrive with the safety key and she announced she would be opening the door. I'll never forget what we saw inside. The man was hunched over the toilet, clearly in distress and barely breathing. His mouth and cheeks were covered in blood and some sort of brown mucus. There was a string of black slimy goop connecting his tongue to the toilet. Inside the pool of water, I saw what looked like a baby-sized turd filled with shards of glass. It smelled like something had died. The broken slivers of glass had come from the mirror, and it was clear from his scarred arms and face that my guess about self-harm had been right. Immediately, the attendant took a step back and then asked the nurse, do you have any medical equipment? She nodded, pointing toward her overhead bag as we both kept our eyes locked on the man. I had never seen anything this severe before and it shook me into a petrifying fear. The whole plane suddenly felt very claustrophobic as I realized whatever virus he had could be contagious. Then, just as the nurse reached for the bag, the man moved like a lightning bolt. I saw his eyes turn to a dark blood red and he screamed like a banshee. He grabbed one of the broken pieces of glass that had been lodged in his face and punctured the nurse in the neck. The entire third class suddenly erupted in chaos. He reached for his own bag and pulled something out. It must have been the same object that had jabbed me in my side earlier. It looked like some sort of dark statue, the kind you might see in a museum for Assyrian cultures. And suddenly I felt an overwhelming sense of dread fall over me. This was not just a man dealing with a disease in his body. His soul was infected with evil, I realized, as he immediately smashed the idol on the floor of the third-class cabin. As the dark statue broke apart, this ethereal mist emerged with a rasping noise, and I found myself immediately feeling dizzy. I was not prepared for this, but my only instinct was to protect all of the passengers. 
Everyone move to business class now! I shouted as I reached for the nurse and helped her to her feet. The man was not moving at all. Instead, he was crawling around on his hands and feet like a wild animal, licking up the broken pieces of the idol as everyone began to flee to the next cabin over. We need something to block the door! I shouted as the last passenger ran past me and I slid the partition door between the cabin's clothes. I knew that would not hold the stranger for long though. One of the attendants brought a food cart and we shoved it against the door to block the man in third class, but I still didn't feel safe. Behind me in business class, almost all of the passengers were standing up trying to get a look at the scene beyond the partition. The injured nurse started to gasp for breath and I focused my attention on her. My bag, she whispered as she tried to hold her hand firmly on her windpipe. Lay her down, I told a few of the people standing close by. Just as they were going to, we heard a loud clang against the door and I saw the stranger was clawing at the glass. His facial expressions were constantly changing from desperation to anger to confusion and then back to rage. Please, you don't understand. I am not in control. He screamed. I knew precisely what we were dealing with. The only problem was I had no clue how to handle this evil. One of the passengers was apparently reading my mind and asked, Pastor, aren't you going to do something? I hated to admit my weaknesses, but I knew I couldn't lie to these innocent people. I have only ever seen others perform the rituals. I have no idea how to stop it, I said looking down at my hands. I was visibly shaking. It made me feel so helpless. The emotion from my mother's passing pushed me over the edge as I sat down and gripped the chair, not even daring to look the passengers in the eye. A few of them stood idly for a moment, perhaps thinking I might overcome my grief quickly. Then the man on the other side of the glass started spitting violently against it, shouting the most obscene things he could as he tried to get through. One man, dressed in what looked like casual business wear, reached up to his bag and unzipped it quickly to pull out a firearm. More people began to panic, but he shouted frantically, I'm an air marshal! Everyone, please stand back! He aimed his weapon at the man on the other side of the glass as more people shouted and shoved themselves out of the way. I stood up blocking his path as I held the food cart in place. That's just going to make the demon angrier, I argued. And what do you expect us to do then? Sit here peacefully while it tears this plane apart? He said, shoving me aside. I am not going to die today, father. He fired a single shot that broke through the glass and the man went flying backward into the aisle. Some of the crowd cheered, but I knew this wouldn't be a happy ending. Instead, they heard the man choking on his own blood as the strange mist filled his throat and entered his lungs, consuming him and making him convulse. His bones were cracking and snapping as he bent into impossible shapes. Then he lay still, and the passengers cheered again. It was a short-lived celebration. Outside, we heard the rumbling of thunder, and I pushed the crowd out of the way to get a better look. There were dark clouds outside, Lightning and thunder danced across the sky. We had unleashed something unholy. Suddenly the corpse began to shake again, this time even more violently than before. The unseen force was pulling him up the way a puppet master might its marionette doll, twitching it and tugging at it to stand. The lifeless ghoul was now standing there in the aisle, its dead eyes staring into our souls, hungry for flesh. It shrieked. At the same time, lightning struck the plane and the lights flickered. 
The ghoul burst through the door. The food cart flung toward the crowd as though they were ants being pushed aside by the kick of a boot. The dangerous demon gave me a wicked grin, tilting his neck sideways and pointing his long, pale finger toward me and cooing. You shall all be taken to hell. The air marshal tried to fire a few more shots toward the gas, but it was a fruitless effort. The bullets went through him as though his body were now shredded cheese. His only goal seemed to be getting to the woman that tried to help him. It occurred to me that while he was distracted, I might have a way to reach my own bag. I had little to stop the undead creature, except perhaps some holy water and a sacrament or a cross. But it was the best I could do under these circumstances. I crouched down and watched as the demon moved down the aisle, flinging aside the passengers as he reached the bleeding nurse. He looked like he wanted to devour her alive. I took my chances and made a dash towards my bag. I managed to climb over the upside-down food cart and get to the partition door, just as the demonic man crawled over top the nurse's injured body and began to lick her face. Your skin shall serve a higher purpose now, Madre. The demon bellowed as the lights continued to flicker. The plane was beginning to shake even more as I realized turbulence could knock us out of the sky. Did this beast of hell hope to kill us all? Just as I was grabbing at my bag, I fell backward, being jostled around the cabin as the plane started to descend at an alarming rate. An overhead announcement came on as I heard alarms blare as well. Attention passengers, we are making an emergency landing as soon as possible. Please buckle up. The demon was breathing black wind into the woman. Her own eyes started rolling into the back of her head as the two bodies began to mesh together. Their skin was fusing the way two melting candles might. It was horrifying to behold but I didn't waver from my plan and opened my bag, taking out the crucifix I had brought with me. I held it close to me as I turned to see that now the mangled bodies were crawling toward the roof of the plane. Human, you will die here in this place and meet your own mother in hell. The demon shrieked as it saw the holy item I carried. Both of its mouths were twisting together like grinding gears as I said the most heartfelt prayer I could think of. My mother was blessed to walk with saints, and she would cast you out with only a mustard seed of faith. I snapped, but it was hardly enough to do anything for this prince of the underworld. He'd lunged toward me, the cross burning his misshapen limbs, but his power was overwhelming with what little strength I had. The holy relic skid under the next rows of seats as I felt the plane rattle louder and louder. I was close to losing oxygen from the rush as passengers scrambled to try to find safety from the demon. It was pulling its own spine out from between the fused bodies, jabbing it against my side as it taunted me. You are a weak, pathetic man who hides behind the shroud of false idols. The glory of hell will swallow you whole, it said with both of its mouths. I thought about my mother and the likelihood of seeing her in heaven soon, but I could also hear her voice, urging me not to give up. There was still so much I needed to do here on earth, and that was what compelled me to close my eyes and offer another sincere prayer. This one wasn't for me, but for the souls of those on this flight. Let the Lord guide them, I said. Then I lunged for the emergency exit door and shoved the handle open. At this height, it should never have budged. I knew very well that they were sealed and only after landing would they release, but I was compelled to give it a try. The pressure in the cabin instantly pushed the demon beyond the plane. He got absorbed in the black clouds that were around us. Then, with this newfound strength, I managed to pull the door closed. 
As it locked in place, I drew in a breath and watched the clouds begin to clear. Then the passengers erupted with a cheer, this time for me and my bravery. I went and retrieved my cross and put it around my neck. Glory goes to the Lord for offering me aid in this trial, I admitted as I sat down, my hands covered with blisters. I knew God had to have helped me to face this evil. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these stories, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out some more of my episodes here.